0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik, and uh, we be repping it for you know the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy.
1: Woo. Hi everyone, it's Cam from Boney, and uh, Fahim's not here this week. He's uh, he's a little under the weather. Uh, it's been three degrees in New York, uh, which is probably nothing for our guests. This uh, is in Canada, but uh, we have a special guest today. His name is Arik. Uh, Arik, you want to introduce yourself?
0: Yo, what's going on everybody? My name is Arik. Um, yo, I'm, I'm looking forward to this uh, podcast here. My first podcast and um, my, I think my first international podcast. and uh, yeah, It's I'm,
1: I'm cool, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. So, so yes, you're, uh, you're our second guest. Last week we had a guest also from Canada. Wow, a lot of love for Canada. Uh, a lot of talent in Canada, it seems.
0: <laughs> well, you know, that's how we do it. It's so cold here. We stay home and work on our craft.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> just party and uh, and, and, uh, and create. That's what's up. Exactly.
0: That's what the like it.
1: So, uh, Arika, you're, you're a musician. So just tell us about the type of music you do, uh, you, know, uh, you know, and, and so how you got started in music
0: well okay so the type of music i do i dabble a lot into like hip-hop and like r&b at the moment um i like to expand eventually uh, but that's what i do and like like i always felt like this music thing like i started when i was like like five bro like i started making music when i was nine that's when i started actually rapping but i was five years old when i was on stage for the first time so like it's always like something like I felt like this music thing was kind of like bestowed upon me in some, in a weird way. It's like, cause everything that happened up until this point in my life, bro, it kind of all goes back to like the development of myself through like setting a standard of the type of music I make. And what I mean by that is like, uh, the more I, I improved as a person, whether it was mentally, physically, or spiritually, um, I believe the better the music I believe I was making. And, you know, I say that because music is still very subjective and we all connect to music differently. I find it very difficult to be objective with any form of art just because, you know, how people express themselves is not for us to judge and but to like but to appreciate. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I see that. So, and um, so you said five years old. So somebody just put you on stage at five years old.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So basically, like my new my family, like, you know, uh, we're like super music oriented like my mom's a singer and my dad's into like spooky poetry and like music wow and my uncle like yeah my uncle back home is actually he's actually a musician not necessarily like a successful one but he's very dedicated to the craft and all the guy cousins on my dad's side like all all, all have double, dabbled in like music and the reason why i said like it felt like a i don't know like a distillment is because the more they grew out of it more i felt like i couldn't give up on it so it felt like almost like a torch being passed down from cousin to cousin and me being the youngest one it it just feels like you know i have all the resources and all the uh capability to do so so i feel like i can't really give up on it but like again like i was saying it's such a natural thing bro. because like when i was five years old my mom put me in this bingari showcase because i myself had to like i taught myself the whole like routine, the dance routine of um, that song called Tanya." Chanya. Chanya in- oh, wow. Yeah, so I taught myself, I just watched it, and I just taught myself how to do it. So, that's what I mean, like, it just, like, like that performance bro. like, when I did that performance in front of all these people, like, that was such a pivotal event that kind of shaped my destiny, and this is why I believe in, like, everything that's kind of planned, it's because I just remember when I was in the backstage, there were there, these girls that were actually just like teasing me or making fun of me, and then that went from like them screaming like hysterically from the way I was like kind of gyrating my little hips to, <laughs> to the music. I like, yeah, bro, it just felt like a high, my guy. Like it was just like from there on, like at such a young age, you get this high, and just like it just. Kind of propels you to want to do this forever, you know what I'm saying? So,
1: well, yeah. and, so, and you say uh, some of your family left music, so, and I wonder—is that was that because of uh, like just economic reasons? And and if that's the case, did they try to steer you away from music for those reasons?
0: Um, good question. I don't, you know what? They, they the only reason they left it is just because I believe that. Um, they just I think they just grew out of it I feel like they just didn't see themselves as being that musician like a lot of them are not vocalists a lot of them are musicians they're like they're instrumentalists they play instrumentals or they make music so for them I think it was mostly like a therapeutic thing or like they probably wanted a career in it but I don't think it was like the way I want to do it I just feel like because I'm a, more of a vocalist and I have to be kind of on stage and like do this, I feel like, you know, I, I kind of have to like pursue and get it done. And like, I don't think anybody ever tried to like take me away from it just because like my family is very different from most, most family. Like we're already very diverse, we, you know, married in different into different cultures. And like, for us, it's not that. We just want to make sure that the kid, is successful at the end like they don't care if the music is the thing that's going to make me successful or it's going to be the engineering thing or the doctor we never cared about what people ever thought about us like we can give two craps about that you know but like they just want me to be successful so they i don't think they never steered me away from it they try to help me a lot but it it doesn't mean that it necessarily worked but you know
1: so so is there is there a large um Bengali population where you grew up in uh in Montreal and you grew up in Montreal right
0: yeah I grew up in Montreal born raised so um I think there is I think there's certain parts in, the, in Montreal there so Montreal there's uh there's the west and the east and the east is mostly like French uh Latinos Haitian Arabs and the west is mostly uh Indians and investies and like and it's more English speaking people out there in the west and that's like I know some of my family's from there uh, but most of my family, we live in the East east Coast, in the East side of Montreal. And that was a lot more French and that was a lot more diverse, bro. Like, Montreal is, like, a, such a, like, distinct society, bro. Like, we have people from all over the world, from all over, like, all kinds of religion just kicking in at school, you know, talking in French. And I'm, like, learning English from home and I'm learning Bangla from home as well, like, so, you know, you're already like by the age of four or five, you're already like multilingual and you're already connecting with so many different cultures. And the thing is that even when I, like, when I was young, when I was in kindergarten, I was like, but, you know, there there isn't like a lot of colored people, but like even the white kids, they came from like a poor background because the French, you know, they were treat, mistreated by the English before, you know, but when the English had like more of a uh, control over Quebec. So like so, there's that sense of like connection, almost like you know we've, we understand each other's plight in a sense. But that being said, racism was still very alive in Quebec. Like it still is. It's just you know it's just different from the English diaspora. I find.
1: You know, mm. So so, uh, so did you grow up around the Bengali culture, the food? Uh, are, your, are your are your parents? Do your parents um, try to instill? Do you speak the language? How how touch are you? How in touch with are you with the Bengali culture?
0: I think I'd say I'm very, I mean, I'm, I'm somewhat in touch. I'm a second generation immigrant, but, like, my mom is, like, so, like, I don't know. I don't feel like I ever had, like, that self-consciousness of holding on to my culture just because, you know, when I was out in Bangladesh, it just it never felt like they tried to be Bengali. They just were Bengali. And, like, I, that's why I feel like I am Bengali. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm French-Canadian Bengali. Like, yeah. that's who I am. And I'm yeah. very...
1: Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, I mean you kind of make it our own, right? I mean, like it's always going to change. I mean, we're not going to wear lungis outside like our parents did yeah. growing up. It's just not going to be the same as well. Lo- I mean, there's just bits and pieces that we retain and I think that's cool. And it actually yeah. it actually makes it really interesting too when you combine two cultures, I feel. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like it's just, you know, there's things that we do. I mean, my my I mean, my wife, we still have, you know, we have a Christmas tree. I mean, we're not Christian. We don't, you know, believe in Jesus, but or, or, or Santa Claus, for that matter. But we have Christmas trees uh, during Christmas. And, but we'll probably be eating curry, you know, next to the, next, next to the Christmas tree. But it's cool. I think the, like the, the combination of two cultures is, 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 is really beautiful.
0: Yeah. And like I said, like my family was already like, okay, let's see. My, my parents, when they left Bangladesh, they did settle in New York for like two, three years. Um, they, they actually were in Buffalo. And my, my mom and my dad left to New York to find work. And they left my sisters with my, uh, my uncle and my uncle was married to an Argentinian woman. And like, you know, they had kids and they had Argentinian babies. And like, that's the thing, like they were already like mixing as soon as they got to America, they're already mixing with a completely different groups, groups of people, you know? So they, and they speak were left- English
1: and, uh, they speak Spanish and Bengali?
0: Uh, they know they they try. To, I think they learned a little bit, but no, they speak Bengali and English and French. Okay, gotcha. But they don't speak any like Spanish. Like I don't think they taught them any Spanish when they were there with them because they were she was they were there very like they were there for like maybe a year with her gotcha. with like my Argentinian auntie, but that's about it. And like gotcha. that's all like you know, there's all that already that culture mixing going on. So yeah, like we've always retained it, but we've never been afraid of like mixing you know what I'm saying
1: gotcha so speaking of Buffalo Buffalo is a really interesting place because there's this huge microcosm of uh, Bengali uh, people there um, the specific uh, there's this is there's this article I read about there's this uh, there was a man that lived in Brooklyn in um, Brooklyn real estate's super expensive but um, he basically sold his house in Brooklyn and then he went out to Buffalo and at the time Buffalo there were you know houses for like five six thousand dollars at auction and he bought like 10 of them. And then every weekend he would just go back to Brooklyn and bring a different Bengali family with him. And they were like, Hey, look, you could have these huge house here. Um, you could pretty much live in my house for free. And now there's like this huge uh, Bengali community there. And, you know, we're, you know, one thing we do is, you know, we're, 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 we're not known for, uh, you know, high crime, uh, or vandalism or anything like that, so we completely revitalized a neighborhood. So that's what we Bengalis did to that particular neighborhood. Now, um, that's amazing. it's amazing. Yeah, it's one of these one of the one of the best parts of Buffalo. And real estate prices are now high because you know, that's what we did. You know, yeah. working family Bengali people.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome, bro. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like I remember watching that video YouTube video where they introduced uh, the wolves back into the wild or something, and like they completely changed the landscape of that particular. Um, yeah. yeah, so it kind of feels like that. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So going back to, uh, to music, uh, I, so you, you, mentioned, by the way, I haven't, I didn't even tell people this, Parikh's the, uh, artist behind our intro, um, uh-huh. and, and he, uh, he wrote and, uh, performed a new intro for us that we'll be featuring on this episode for the first time. So excited about that. Um so, the, so what's your what's your um what's your songwriting process like how where do you draw inspiration tell us about how, how that works
0: so and um, it's I don't know bro it's just again like it's always been a natural thing. I just kind of see life and I just write about it i write I used to write a lot about like you know suffering and pain and like you know all that kind of stuff a lot of sad shit and like Now it's like, it's a different story just because of how much I grew as a person and like what I know. And it's just like, now I'm kind of going for more like, you know, low-key, more lovey-dovey stuff, but also a lot of positive stuff and just trying to be positive in general. So like, I draw my inspiration from everything and I draw, you know, like most of it, man, like, I don't know. I've, I've always been into like Sufi music my whole life. So I've always drew my inspiration from like God and religion and spirituality. So that's one of the, things I draw it from. I also draw it from, like, um, just events and, like, other people's story. Like, one day, my, like, uh, to be honest, like, my ideal job in this music thing would be a songwriter because I would love to just, like, sit down with an artist and just, like, listen to their issues and, like, basically do a little bit of therapy and write a song about it. Like, that's how I like to that's like the kind of person I've kind of always been. Like I've always liked to listen to other people's story and, and their and their stuff so I can write something for yeah. them. So yeah. Yeah, I mean these
1: a lot of these artists have ghostwriters, right? Drake is uh there's rumors <laughs> that he has a lot of ghostwriters. So yeah, who who are some of some of the so I'm curious in, in Montreal, are there um you guys probably listen to the same uh artists that we listen to here. So like yeah. you're probably a little bit younger than me, but I grew up in the I'm a '90s kid, so for me it was oh. it was you know Jay Z, Nas, you know early yeah. Eminem, um, yeah. and I I'll be honest with you, and I sound like an old man when I say this, I I can't really get behind a lot of the mumble rap, I, but uh, <laughs> but I, I but tell me about that. What do you feel? I know you have to always always uh, keep up with the you know times, but what are your what are your thoughts on? The new type of hip-hop the trap music the the southern um you know mumble rap that kind of stuff
0: um okay well like i said it's just really hard to be a for me it's really hard to be objective uh with music in that sense like any art form is just art you know regardless you know us just walking us just breathing us just being us is art you know what i'm saying like we're yeah. already an art um for them, like the whole Southern thing is that people don't understand. It's like, yeah, they mumble, but that's because it's like, um, you have to understand the people that are making the type of music. So it's mostly, you know, African American. The, the reason why like they, they have an accent or the way they mumble their words is because, you know, um, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah okay. So sorry, I thought you cut off. So anyway, so, uh, the reason why they have an accent or anything is because, you know, it's still a foreign language to them. Like a reason why somebody would have an accent in their language is speaking is because it's not their language, you know? So for them, it's like, the way they rap and the way we do this is because it just comes down to just making sound and making music and like trap music is still great music. We just don't understand it. That's, that's just it. We just don't understand it. We have not lived their life. We don't know what it is to be a trapper. We don't know what it is to be, you know, yeah. You know what? Like the nineties have been maybe the greatest, but the nineties was also the the time that a lot of people were pushing drugs into the, Uh, African American community, you know. Yeah, yeah. The reason why the mumble rappers are so all like drugged up and they're all into drugs and like doing all kinds of shit is because the people before them sold drugs to them, you know, to their parents, and that's what affected them. So like you have to understand, it's a generational thing. Like this is what happens, and the people who are relating to this type of music are those kind of people. It's either. the kids from the suburbs that just want to think that's cool. And there's also people who are like crazy depressed in the hood and they need to take that kind of medicine and that kind of drugs and, you know, listen to that kind of music to feel like they're getting away from something. So music again, man, the way people express themselves, we cannot judge. We can only appreciate it.
1: Yeah. I I get what you're saying. I do. I do uh, follow a lot of the uh, underground battle leagues yeah. Um, so I know King of the Dot is huge in Canada, and has made a lot of um, you know has grown a lot in the U.S. Also, and URL is hot. Um, and I uh, cannabis recently last year did a battle right with a uh, disaster in URL. Do you follow that scene? I
0: I watch here and there. I'm not really into that stuff. Um, but I watch like I, like if I like a battle rapper, I will watch their stuff like. I know the like I know like UK has like a battle yeah. scene there, and like I there's this guy I don't know who I forgot his name but like him and another rapper they would do like a bunch of like double battle battles and like yeah they would be against people like in, in like it would it'd be like a doubles match and like. They're just funny as fuck, and like
1: I, I like that stuff. Like that's creative yeah. really stuff. Me, I'm not into the whole like gun bars and everything, but yeah, I like it's creative. Oh, and I'm with you. Like I, so, yeah. The the league in um UK is called Don't Flop, so that's yeah. a big league over there. Uh, yeah. There's some guys there that are super talented. Yeah, you know what's interesting is I'm not a fan of the gun bars either, but you know what? It's I find really interesting is when you have a a, a rapper of. Uh, a battle uh, rapper who is, like, all gun bars, and then you have somebody that's, like, super, like, super... Uh, the, the, like, the complete opposite, and all he talks about is just, like, fruits and vegetables, or whatever, just, like, not gun bars. But having them battle is, just, like, the funniest thing, and it's, it's, like, really, really interesting watching them battle. There's this guy, you got to look at him, his name is Carter Deems. He's okay. this, this Caucasian guy. He went to law school. Like, he's just, like, the most, like... Innocent-looking Caucasian guy, you could uh, you could imagine, and in these leagues, he battles like these like hardcore street gun bars <laughs> rapping dudes. But it's hilarious, and he's like, they're like talking about, I'm going to shoot you, I'm going to shoot you, I'm going to shoot you, and he's like, oh, my cat needs to be pet. I have to go home. Like I'm not even joking. Like he talks about his cat, like in like half the battles. It's like, the, but it's hilarious. It's really really funny, and he's like, like, yeah. but, like, They keep bringing him back because it's really interesting seeing that dynamic between them.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah exactly. Like yeah. Um, the, the guy I'm uh, watching, I forgot his name, man. I, man, I would have to Google it. But like, like they're funny too because they almost have to use a comedic approach to it because they don't have that credibility, and that's what makes them so much more. They that makes them stand out so much more is because of the fact that you know they're using like these witty and like funny bars that just say like, killing the game you know
1: yeah are, are there are there any um desi uh, artists in, in montreal or, or canada as a whole that you know of in the hip-hop scene
0: well okay so i don't know about the hip-hop scene but i know i know like do you know prophecy
1: the Punjabi the uh, artist
0: so he's he's from a city that's that, that i used to live back in like in, okay. in the west i lived in the west but um there is there's a pretty big like scene out in the west i can tell you that in the east and when i mean the west i mean the west of canada i'm talking gotcha. about like an gotcha. area like that's where i used to live for like almost 10 years so i've lived in montreal just as much as i lived outside of montreal too you know so okay i know that there's a huge scene that's the scene they're like mostly like punjabi rappers and singers and like you know Urdu or indian rappers and singers but like specialize in their type of like um uh, music so the Bollywood style there is is one guy Bengali guy from Montreal that's doing big and like everywhere like in Bangladesh and like the Bengali diaspora. and his name is Master D and he's from Montreal do you know Master
1: D yeah I've not heard of him I would love to yeah I'd love to read up about him that's interesting and he raps in he raps in English or Bangalore
0: he, he he sings in Bangla, so he's like a, he's like the, the the modern like urban Bangla singer that's like doing huge in like Bangladesh right now.
1: That's, that's really cool. That's really cool. yeah. Well,
0: if, um, sorry. sorry. Um, yeah. So basically, like, um, who else do I know? I know this other rapper. Uh, I don't know if he still makes music, but when I was like kind of like he was in the battle scene. He was Indian, but he was like again like he was rapping in English, and he can also rap in French. And so that's pretty cool, you know. There's like that wow. that kind of diversity
1: there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. So you went to, uh, and obviously you know about uh, Khan's doing amazing in in New York. I mean, this guy's yeah. everywhere now. He's blowing yeah. up. Yeah, um, yeah. and I, I'm actually, I'm, i honestly, and it's honestly been listening to his kites. It's a dope album. I've actually, I've had it on rewind. It's a great album. So I just hope, I hope, I hope he maintains. um, I just hope he maintains his his rise. Like, a lot of times you have, you have, you know, these artists that, you know, have a couple of good songs and then you never hear from them. But I know he has really good management around him, so hopefully he continues.
0: The thing about Anik Khan is that he's super real. Like, I like any other Desi artists I've seen who've done a little bit, uh, like Jay Sean or, like, whoever you want to call it, they, they only managed it because they, they used their, like, culture more as, like, as a crutch to get somewhere versus like um, actually believing in it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, they use it more for aesthetic versus like actually believing in the yeah. whole thing. Like, and he kind of actually just like, he doesn't just rap about being <laughs> Bengali or he doesn't rap about, he's talking about things that actually kind of like matters, like some real issues sometimes. Like, you know, he talks about like, you know, you know the the white privilege or like he talks about like depression and he talks about being young rich and immigrant, like being bad you know that's that's very important like that's true like us as immigrants like especially children of immigrants living in this world we need to do better than what our parents did like there's no way we can really mess up right now like that's what he's trying to promote and that's what i like about it and like anicon is like so much bigger than life kind of Image. He has that bigger than life image. And that's where people are gravitating towards. Like, oh man, this guy is confident in being Desi and he's a deshi and he's yeah. surrounded by cool people. And people really love what he does. So like for me, that's cool. You know, I really I enjoy that. I really like that about him. Yeah. Um But I don't know. I eventually I feel like the whole narrative, like, you know, oh look at me, I'm Desi and I rap and don't call me Apu narrative is gonna run out really soon so we need to start tackling more of like real issues in our communities and like I don't know are we really ready to talk about how we like you know our issues in, in in our in our community like are we ready to talk about like how we treat the women and the men differently are we ready to talk about like I don't know the pollution in Bangladesh are you ready to talk about like you know how we baby our kids you know uh you know all all kind, all all that stuff, so like you know eventually we would then have to look deeper within us and really start tackling these issues and really talk about it eventually i don 't know if it's going to be me yeah. because I don't yeah, know I mean,
1: I- we 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 have an opportunity to do it here because we have the bare necessities i mean the problem with 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 you know with Bangladesh is that there's so many people there, and the bare necessities aren't there, so yeah. if, if you're talking about oh i want you know I want to uh talk about women 's rights. But there's so many uh, to them. There's so many bigger issues like like yeah. poverty and homelessness. So they're like, okay, yeah, we want to talk about that. But look, look, we have people that are living on the streets. Um, but I mean, certainly here, I mean, we those are things that are important because yes, yeah, some of that transcends here. Um, yeah. that still exists here. The you know the anti-LGBT um, um, you know feelings that a lot of our parents have. Um yeah. Even the anti, you know, some of the racist feelings that. Carry over from from our parents to some some uh, some of us. Like, I think we should yeah we should definitely talk about that too. Um. So some I mean, if you notice some of our some of our posts have tried to do that. So we have somebody that you know talked about um, you know being bisexual. Um, we've had mm-hmm. people uh, talk about uh, coming. You know, he's uh, we have to be talked about. You know, professions and there's this. You know, there's this uh, people in the Bengali community. We look down on certain professions like. Yeah. Uh, mechanics we had we had a friend of mine who uh you know works for mercedes bands does really really well but we talked about how that's you know looked down upon in the bengali community things like that those are all important things and we try we're trying to do that in, in, in bony
0: crazy yeah that's that you know what, that's what i appreciate about the whole uh bengali in new york thing is like you got like the ambition is pure man i can I can sense it like it's not You know, you're not doing it for any other reason. Just, just, you know, only just to like speak out people's story and stories, and like that's that's beautiful, man. Like I've always appreciated that. Thank you for doing that, guys.
1: (laughs) Appreciate it. Well, uh, it's a team of us, and uh, yeah, we have a really good team. So, lastly, I want to talk about. I just want to. I want you to talk about your recent trip to Bangladesh. I saw some videos on um,
0: Mm -hmm. on your
1: IG. So, like, tell us about your trip. I love hearing about people's trips to Bangladesh. And we, uh, Fahim and I talked about it in one of the episodes, uh, I think it was called uh, going to Bangladesh and I, people always have really cool stories, uh, about Bangladesh. So how was your trip?
0: Bro, my trip to Bangladesh was like the most eye-opening trip of all time, bro. Like I was, I was actually like things that like, when I went to Bangladesh, I was coming out of a crazy depression and like suicidal and like all kinds of drugs and alcohol bowed in my life. I wasn't like the lowest point of my life. And I was, I left my house though, you know, like I one night I just took everything I had and I just disappeared from home. And like that shit, like, you know, like you, know, you can imagine how it is for a Bengali mom to go through that, not hearing from, from their kids for like so long, you know? And like I left and I was going through so many emotions, And then finally, like, You know, I finally got a break. I got some really good money and I was able to take my parents, uh, to, 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 on a trip to Asia. And we went to, we went to, um, we went to Saudi Arabia first. So we went to do Umrah first. I felt like I needed to do like a bit of like a cleansing of my soul and my sense and everything just because I I was in some, in a really dark place and I felt like that was kind of necessary. Yeah. Yeah. From there we went to Bangladesh and bro, Bangladesh, like, it just like, I realized why I am the, the, you know, I realized why I am who I am today. Like I've always been so like, you know, as cliche and as, as much as I hate using this term, uh, spiritual person, like I've always been interested the in, in spirituality and always interested in like finding deeper meaning into you know, our, our soul and like who we are and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, I, I didn't understand why I was so, like, interested in that. But when I was in Bangladesh and I went to our village, I'm from Newark Kali. My parents are from Newark Kali. And, like, when I found out that my great-grandfather on my mom's side was a saint, like a Sufi saint in the village, that people actually still come and celebrate his birthday every year. And there's legends of him in the midst of him saying that he performed all kinds of miracles and he was such a good person and all kinds of stuff like that. Like, it just kind of made sense of why I was who I am today. You know, like, I'm like, Oh, like, no wonder I'm always like battling with myself every single day. And like the greatest war, you know, I'm having the greatest war within myself. And like, I'm like, Oh, now that makes sense. Like, this is the person he was, you know, like, and like, my great-grandfather was apparently like a light-skinned. He was Iraqi, though. He was like part Iraqi. Like, oh, wow. his father was from Iraq. And then they came and settled in Bangladesh because her his mother had like a vision from God saying that, you know, this is the land. Of, like, here's the soil and go to the land of that soil. And then she ended up in Bangladesh. And wow. like, yeah, that's crazy. So then... You know, my great-great-grandfather, he was a saint. And my great-grandfather was a saint as well. And, like, his skin was super light. Like, he was white, bro. He had blonde hair, blue eyes, white skin. And, like, my aunt used to say that they used to pinch his skin just to see it turn white because that's how light it was, right? Wow, that's and, like, That's crazy, yeah. So, for me, it was like, I was like, yo, that's crazy. And they used to tell me, like, how you used to meditate for, like, Almost days, just sit in his bed and meditate to the point where like bugs and like animals would just come and just sit on him or against him, just like there. And he would be cool. in. That's crazy, you know, like, like things, things like that. They would tell me, and like me at first, to be honest, bro, I've always thought like I'm like all these village people. They're just putting all these like stories and myths about like this guy. That's probably because he was light skin or something like that, but. What really made me believe in his, like, greatness, though, is when, you know, during the liberation war, the, um, the army actually came to, our, to, to the village and they came to our house. And my aunt told me that she took my mom and, and her brothers and they, she put them underneath the bed and everything and they locked the door. And the army came and, like, took all the men in our family and they just rounded them up. And they put them up on, like, execution style. They were about to just kill them, all of them off. like. But then, as soon as they, you know, they, they're loading up their gun, you know, they're aiming wow. at, at, my, at, my, at all my, you know, all the men in the family, and they're about to fire. And then the Pakistani uh, officer, you know, the Pakistani people are very, like, they revere their saints as much as we do.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I saw, like, the mausoleum that my my great grandfathers in, you know, they saw something that like big and had like like, Arabic gliding around it by the mosque. And they rounded all the men up and they're about to shoot them. And like, you know, Pakistani people are like, they revere their saints as well. So when they saw that, they realized, yo, this is not a family we can fuck with. Like we're going to get in some crazy, crazy, like evil, like some evil shit is going to happen to us. So they like dropped their guns and just walked away from the family. You know? And like, bro, like the thing is that that's what made me realize like this man, my great grandfather did have some kind of special ability because this man was dead for years now and he was able to stop an army just by having his mausoleum out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what like, uh, you know, and the thing is that I probably wouldn't even exist today if it wasn't for this event, you know, like my mom or my dad or I mean, my mom or my family would have. I don't know, God forbid, something happened to them, you know? And I yeah. probably wouldn't be here. So
1: yeah, he, yeah, and it just shows you that he's been, you know, he's passed so many years, but the people still remember him. But not only that, I mean, I'm sure there are things that they, he taught your, your, uh, your mom or just, like, lessons mm-hmm. in life, how to treat people he taught, and then she passed that on to you. So he's yeah. living on in so many different ways.
0: Yeah, absolutely, bro. Like, you're right, you're right. I think it's also just like... um I don't know, bro, when you give yourself to your, you know, I think whenever you give yourself to an essence of, like, divinity, bro, things are going to happen for you. And it's just, it is, it is a commitment. When you give yourself, like, to a god or whatever you want to call it, to something that's deeper and bigger than you, things are going to happen for you, you know? And you're going to go through a lot of pain and a lot of suffering for it, but I think that's just his way of showing that he
1: cares, you know? So cool so um what about so uh, what else about the village did you like so for me when i i just loved for me i i didn't enjoy dhaka at all i just thought the the level of pollution and Mm -hmm. um overpopulation i really enjoyed the village i'm from uh, borishal and i just thought that um it's uh, it was just beautiful um there's something about just the countryside with um, with the 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 streets being um, just paved roads with like trees on both sides and then yeah. just like fields on the on past the trees, just beautiful. I mean, I I think honestly, I could just do a whole. I would love my goal. I would love to one day just go all around Bangladesh, like to all the different parts of Bangladesh, and just take yeah. pictures and just do like a documentary about that. That would be that would be absolutely amazing. Like, how did you like how did you like the scenery, like food and stuff in North Carolina? Um. So.
0: Uh, can you make yourself a little louder? I can't hear you. From... Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. So, yeah. So basically, like, um, I love, like, So how Haka and Noakali are not much different. Like, like this is, this is what my mom says. Okay. So this is not coming from my mouth, but like, you know, mom, like Noakali is not necessarily like, the most, uh, cleanest place either. It's, it's very polluted as well. People just throw anything off the, you know, on the floor or whatever. It's, it's pretty polluted. It's pretty like, um, lot of garbage around but um that's what i liked about Bangladesh, you know in a weird way i'll like, say i was like so caught off by like this massive like energy that you know not, uh, or even how get put
1: yeah I, the energy is honestly like just um it's addictive i agree like there's a certain energy that you can't mimic like even coming back here like Times square doesn't even compare to like you know, like new market and in in, in Mirpur and Dhaka, it just doesn't compare. It's the, yeah, the energy, I agree. It's like it's it's, it's actually it's very very interesting. Was, it was this it, your first time back, or how 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 when was the last time you went before this?
0: Last time I was there, bro, I was eight years old, huh? Like, oh, so a long time was, ago. Was, yeah, yeah. I'm now I'm twenty five, and like I was, I haven't been back for a really long time. And like again, it just felt like a necessary thing for me to do. Like I needed to get out of Canada, man. I was just falling into some shit so basically yes yeah, so i was that was it like um i was 25 when i got back so it's been like almost 12 years since i've been back wow i just want to end
1: uh with another so i, I you know I, I think it's great we have a lot of this musicians coming up in the scene like, is that is that all it's heaven do you, is there a is there a, a concept of a backup plan for you um if yeah. let's say music doesn't work and or is there or is it music and and that's it or it doesn't not necessarily an artist but like you said maybe a songwriter or artist or is there other or have you do you even consider yourself to uh, be open to other prof- professions
0: professions um absolutely bro um totally hundred 110 percent just because you know as much as this music thing makes you know make me a better person just because Like I said, the development of myself through setting a standard in the music I make, it just, you know, it forced me to be more focused and more passionate and more determined and more like, you know, I need to do something with my life. It also, you know, it also brought so much pain, bro, like so much heartache, so much pain, so much suffering but I know this is a calling. Like, this is just something that I can't, like I've tried all this stuff, though. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not educated. I've I got my diplomas, man. I got four diplomas. I speak almost three languages. I'm, I'm smart. I can, I can get like a corporate work, you know, but it just feels like it's almost like a calling. Like, it's just like, yo, you can't, I'm not letting you quit this. You're not quitting this like this. Like that's not how you're going to do it. So and I'm like, I know in hindsight, I'm sure all my struggles will make sense, but bro, I've done so much stupid shit in pursuing this. I basically ruined my ability to ever own anything if it's not cash, you know? And honestly, bro, like marriages may never be an option for me if this doesn't pan out. Like that's how much in the shits I put myself in finance, you know? And like, thing is that I don't come from a wealthy background, you know? Uh, you know, like I don't, I you know I don't come from a wealthy background and like my mom wanted me to invest in like properties when I was like 18, 19 when I had a lot of money that's when I was making the most money And like, but I completely fucked it up because I put all my eggs in one basket and I'm paying dearly for it today but like you know I forced myself against the wall and like my only way out right now is to fight through it like I need to like break like it's like a story I was reading I don't know what book I don't know what year I don't know what part of history it was about but like it will talk about like the soldiers they've been like pushed against the edge of a cliff and they 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 won the battle because it was like a you know life or death situation it was like either like you either die we either go with the bang or we just die like this so like basically that's how i kind of feel at this point like i'm like i have no choice i need to make this happen regardless so you know uh, I don't know, bro. Like, like if I ever gave anyone any practical advice, to be honest, I would be listen to your mom and make sure your credit is good. Like, you know, like we have to do better. Like, you know, follow your dreams, do what you got to do, but like be realistic as well. And,
1: yeah. I, like, I feel like the great thing about nowadays is that you can always, you can just you can you can combine both the practicality and your passion. So, you know, there's people yeah. that you know. I mean, this, this example, I, I take Uber a lot and. I'm always fascinated about what they're doing on the side, and what they're yeah. doing, why they're driving Ubers, and what, what that's funding. Like I always, like I, I'm always talking to Uber drivers, and they're always talking about they're, uh, you know, shooting a short film, or you know, they're building this, and it's it's yeah. always fascinating. So nowadays, I feel like there's so many other ways to make money. That yeah. can help your, you know, help you, you know, sustain your living, and you can still yeah. follow your, follow your, um, your, 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 your passions. I mean, come on, how many people probably told Anikan to stop? I mean, so many people probably told him to stop, but he, he didn't. And also, the other yeah. thing is, i, was, I was just wonder. I mean, I've seen some of your videos. I mean, you definitely look like you're comfortable in front of a crowd. Um, you, oh. you can, you can, um, you can, um, own the crowd. I mean, that's the, that's the, a lot of people can you know, they're great behind a mic, uh, or yeah. in a studio, but it sounds like you're, it looked like, looks definitely looks like you're definitely someone nice, that, yeah. that's comfortable in front of a crowd.
0: Thanks, man. I, I, you know, I appreciate it. Like I said, man, I've been doing this for a really long time. So for me, it's just like, it's just a natural thing at this point. And I just want to make something out of it, but you're right. I mean, like m- when it comes down to m- making money, it's, that's not an issue. Like I, you know, I've had jobs before I made money before. It's just like, um, it's never something I was hundred percent passionate about, you
1: know. Yeah, and but. you're twenty five. You're twenty five. Yeah, you have so much, uh, so much more time. Twenty five. I mean, I I I'm, my mom,
0: like, yeah. bro, she she wants me to get married, bro. Like.
1: <laughs> I would say wait as long as you can. I mean, I was twenty eight, but you should. I'd say wait as long as you can. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but all right, bro. All right. So um, yeah, appreciate your time. Are we? Um, is there anything else you want to tell people?
0: Um. Yo. Uh, no, not not really. Uh, I just want to say thank you for doing this, the whole Bengali in New York. Thank you for listening to my story, man. I just feel like I needed to let people uh kind of hear what I'm about and I'm glad that you gave me the platform. Thank you so 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 much. No
1: problem. See you uh, talk to everybody next
0: week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I do it for my people, always in my thoughts. I gotta be on with diamonds and pearls, yeah, yeah, Bengalis in New York, all over
1: the world, uh, it's the bony show. Uh, hey, can you handle
0: this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live From the slang we spit, to the gangs we with It doesn't matter, we the essence of the bangladesh I say Hey come on, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live From the slang we spit, to the gangs we with It doesn't matter, we the essence of the bangladesh